1: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: On the Autosport podcast today, we're live from inside the Barcelona paddock for the final day of the first preseason test. Well, today, your host, Alex Kalinorkis, is joined by Jonathan Noble and Luke Smith with a look back at another day of Mercedes domination and a first pre-season test which couldn't have been more of a contrast to 2019. Stick around on the podcast today. More fallout from the Mercedes-DAS system. Sebastian Vettel brought out the red flags when his power unit failed coming out of Kamsa. And we spoke to Mattia Binotto to hear if he leaves Barcelona with any worries. Plus, Alex Albon tells us the new Red Bull feels like a step forward.
2: Hello and welcome to Barcelona. We're speaking at the end of the third and final day, the first pre-season test of Formula One 2020. I'm Alex Kalanokas, Autosports Grand Prix editor. With me is John Noble, motorsport.com F1 editor and Luke Smith, Autosports F1 reporter. And here on the last day, Mercedes ended the test well on top. Valtteri Bottas set a lap time of 1 minute 15.723. That's put him well clear of Sebastian Vettel's best time from 2019 testing already. After only three days, Vettel had eight to do that. Mercedes are well clear. That's what we learned today, right?
3: Uh, I think so. I mean, it's look, it's been an incredible week. I mean, they grabbed the headlines yesterday the, the DAS system got everyone intrigued. Rival teams are looking at it. They've taken the lead on innovation and the car looks solid. There doesn't seem to be any vices with it. Car seems good and the kind of the high speed run, the low fuel runs, what, what we're seeing. Long stuff looks good, Ferrari looks a bit on the back foot, Red Bull we've not already seen yet, but I think no doubts that Mercedes are number one at the moment.
2: Now Lewis Hamilton took over for the afternoon here on the final day. He did a few performance runs as well as Bottas did in the morning, but he seems to be struggling a little bit in the final sector. Was that just you think maybe a few hints that not everything's perfect at Mercedes.
1: Yeah, I think it's always going to be sort of room for improvement. It's only the first week of testing, so uh, yeah, he can definitely, I think, work a little bit, little bit more to uh, find a bit more performance from the car. But uh, yeah, I mean, both drivers were fairly evenly matched when they went for their uh, final C5 runs and really, really pushed for it. Um, yeah, it was just that sloppy final sector that cost Lewis a little bit on his uh, quickest lap. But uh, yeah, I don't, wouldn't read too much into it. To be honest, I think yeah, they're looking well clear at the moment. Now for Mercedes, what a turnaround from a year
2: ago. Everyone was like, what's gone wrong for Mercedes? The new cars come it's not working ferrari are well clear mercedes altered their testing approach for this season they said already we're not going to be reintroducing a new car for australia or the second test as they did last year
3: i think that's probably a legacy of what's coming for 2021 teams are having to juggle the 2020 development very mindful that if they start too late on 21 they're going to be behind next year so there's no point messing around teams have front loaded development this year they want to try and do the same amount of years development but a much shorter span so i think we're going to see a really heavy development rate Um, i expect to see We'll see a lot of updates next week. First race, second race, third race. Things are going to come pretty quick. Uh, and I think as soon as a team sees an opportunity to turn off 2020, they'll be jumping straight onto 21.
2: Now, the other big story to come out of the paddock today concerns Ferrari, Mercedes' closest challenger for the last few years. But team principal, Mattia Bonotto, did a press conference where he said, the others are faster than us. He's not optimistic as he was at this stage last year. John, you asked him what the general feeling was, how things were, how, how he assessed it, and he said that, you know, we've not been focused on setup or performance.
3: Yeah, I thought it was quite an interesting admission from him. They've been clear it's been a different testing approach this year. Last year it was, you know, smooth and easy for them, they hit the ground running here. Quickest on, um, you know, throughout the three days, went to Melbourne's favourites, it didn't happen. This year they're trying to understand the car, they want a car that's better able to cope with different types of circuits, Is you know, more open on setup so focused especially this week on that car but even so i think that you know there's words from matteo matteo that they're, they're a bit behind um i think in reality they think mercedes are ahead maybe red bull too but he's not giving up on the championship he was very clear that you know we aren't going to be the mercedes beater in melbourne but don't rule us out as the mercedes beater over the course of the season
2: absolutely and he has a long season he said possibly still 22 races you never know what's going to happen with china uh, now luke You were at the Charles Leclerc press conference uh, with me on on Wednesday night. Do you think what... Benotto said today ties into Leclerc's overall feeling he certainly wasn't he wasn't giving anything away but he wasn't positive either
1: yeah he's quite understated I thought in uh, what he was saying but again he was looking back on last year and saying that they didn't want to jump the gun too soon or be too confident or overly proud of what they're doing here in testing because it is only testing as we're told time and time again um, and uh, yeah I think Ferrari they know that last year they did maybe hype things up a little bit too much get a bit too overexcited and um, this time around I think yeah they've kept their cards very very close to their chest uh, next week I think we'll probably. See see a little bit more from them in terms of what they can really really do Uh, maybe take a step close to Mercedes hopefully for the for the sake of the championship we don't want to rule that out too early Um, but yeah it's all been very quiet so far from the from the Maranello team now one
2: interesting little bit on Ferrari is that the data particularly from days one and two suggested that on straight line speed which obviously their massive strength last year with that power unit Ferrari was significantly down on their customer teams and versus their rivals. What could that be about, John? Why would the straight line speed necessarily be down at this point? I
3: think they probably just want a, a constant from the engine. Um, they want to understand this car. They want to get the full aero mapping, understand its potential. I think they realized they went into last year, not really understanding the car. Um, you know, turn up in Melbourne. We're a little bit lost with the setup, and I think that counted against them there. So they need to go into Melbourne fully understanding this car and where its sweet spot is. So to do that, you need a constant on the engine. You don't want to be keep flicking about with engine mode settings and stuff. I know some you know, rival teams I've spoken to say, oh, it's a you know, coincidence that after all these technical directors are engine modes and the, the two fuel flow sensors, suddenly the Ferrari is slow on the straight. But if you look at the data closely, the Ferrari customer engine teams are, are still well up there on the straights, so they're still delivering speed. And there is a gap between them. So we've not seen the full Ferrari potential yet so Luke, that's
1: encouraging for Ferrari
3: fans for next week then would you say?
1: Yeah definitely I think we've seen a few Ferrari fans on social media they've been airing a few concerns about uh, where the team stands and is it going to be another season of pain for them but uh, no I think next week we'll see them take that step forward uh, really take the fight to Mercedes which will be uh, be good and uh, yeah hopefully get a little bit closer at the front of the pack. John who else looks close behind?
3: Well I think Red Bull look good uh, we've not seen any sensational lap times from them but you know they've not no one's really done a proper qualifying runs yet and those those full low fuel sims, um, but speak to Max, speak to Alex Albon as well. They said the car's more connected, more together. Um, I spoke to Alex tonight. He said after five laps, you know, with that new car, it already felt a step forward over last year. So I think there's some quiet confidence there but i mean i think the problem last year was that the car wasn't as predictable as they wanted it in the in the corners um it needed a, a confidence level pierre gasly you know couldn't cope he had the, the spins here in testing so i think if the car is more stable gives the drivers confidence can find that sweet spot on the tires you know and hopefully they can push near the front they just need to get a few temps behind mercedes to put them under pressure because once mercedes is under pressure uh it's a scenario they've not had that often and that's when they could crack
2: now, the DAS system that Jake or legg and Tim Wright discussed at length yesterday in our video on YouTube, that still won't go away. That's still a big talking point today. You guys are both at a press conference with uh, Michael Massey, the FIA race director, Alan Permain from Renault and um, Lauren Meckies from Ferrari. What was the discussion? There's still there's still some needle going on between the teams, but also we think that it's not going to be allowed next year anyway.
3: Yeah, it's interesting. I came in this morning, had a little message from someone saying, you do realize it's not allowed in 2021. Well, that's interesting. So we, we scan for the regulations and sure enough, there's been a clause added to the 2021 rules that aren't there for this year saying you, you cannot do what the DAS system does, which is have a, a steering wheel that moves in many directions to change the tow. So the fact it's banned for 21 makes you wonder why the FIA is happy with it being around this year. So there's a bit of a controversy over, over that. I asked Michael Massey, can you explain why it's banned next year and allowed this year? And he wouldn't answer the question. Cagey, yeah, isn't it massively yes. cagey. So he didn't, didn't really want to go there. He didn't want to discuss why the system's legal. Um, but what Mas- Michael did say today is there's no doubts about safety. Some teams have said it can't be very safe having a driver pushing and pulling a wheel, but I think the FIR are clear, they wouldn't accept anything that, that wasn't safe. Um, but it is interesting, the other teams are, are, are quite mindful, and Alan Permain was talking a bit about it, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah, and saying, uh, he used the words wide-eyed when he said mm-hmm. that they first saw that system in use. And uh, uh, as I mentioned uh, yesterday, when well, I was in Red Bull when the video first emerged and Max was saying, look at this video, look at this video, like it's moving back and forth. And uh, I think it really has captured uh, everyone's attention. And it's really cool to just see that innovation, I think, because it's something that I think F1 has always thrived off. It's something that I think moving forward, there are a few concerns about under 21 and Ross Brawn, so they want to shut off some loopholes in the regulations here and there. Um, so to have that, I think just, it's just really Genius, really clever, and uh, I think what's been nice is the whole paddock has sort of said, "Like hats off to Mercedes and well done." You've done a really, really good job with that. Excellent. Now we're going to be back here next week
2: for the second test here in Barcelona. What are you guys expecting, and what are you both looking forward to? Oh, for, uh, first
3: always, the, first the first test is always. I find the first day, the first test, always interesting because you, you find the teams that are in trouble. Basically, you, don't, you never find the ones that are in front. You get a vague indication of who's alright and who's good. Second test is much better because a) you get much closer to the final Melbourne specs, you get a, a better reality of where they're at but also they've got to do simulate qualifying simulation runs they've got to do race distance runs they want all this data from the bank so finally through all the fog and the mist of engine modes and fuel loads and stuffing you actually get a proper answer by the end of the second test not only what the cars roughly going to be like for melbourne but who's really at the top
1: yeah and uh, I'd agree with that wholeheartedly and I think Ferrari that's the big thing I want to see at the next I want to see what Charles Leclerc what Sebastian Vettel can really do with this new car um, because at the moment Mercedes are just absolutely running away with it and uh, yeah I think once the cars are down we'll probably get a bit of a better picture of what to expect come Melbourne
2: excellent right well, we'll be back here again Thursday through to Friday for the second test and the end of pre-season testing in 2020 do check out all our stories on autosport.com and motorsport.com and subscribe to our social media channels as well as well as subscribe to the YouTube page thank you Very much.
0: Well, if you haven't heard all of our podcasts with Alex and the team in Barcelona, you can download them from earlier this week now. And make sure you're also subscribed to our podcast channel on Apple, Spotify or your favourite podcast app, check out Autosport Plus, where our world-class writers and technical experts dig deep into the stories that really matter from the first week of testing. For less than 20 quid a year, you can get a whole year's worth of premium articles, unlimited content, and never any ads. Check out autosport.com slash plus. Alex is back on the podcast next week, and we look forward to the second week of testing in Barcelona. Love the playoffs.
1: Anything can happen.
0: But the best part? It's like bonus football. And bonus football means betting bonuses with Gambit DC. For a limited time, you can get boosted deposits by 57%, up to $1,000 on the Gambit DC app, and up to a 57% multi sport parlay boost at Gambit DC retail locations. It's the most exciting time to be a fan. So make your play and get the home field advantage with Gambit DC. Limited time offer, terms and conditions apply. Please bet responsibly.